five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. Direct mail and direct marketing every day. And news you would never hear anywhere else, often. Anyway, uh, let's get over to the news. Enough of that. Okay, Mark Hamill was once fired from a jack-in-the-box for impersonating a clown in the drive-thru. Today he's back. Welcome to Jack in the Box. <laughs> May I take your order? Welcome to Jack in the Box. May I take your order? Can I get the French toast sticks? French toast sticks? Yummy. Please pull forward. Here's your order. Thank you for choosing Jack in the Box. Anybody ever tell you you look like a, like a movie star? No, I've never heard that before. You are Mark Hamill. I mean, well, you look like him. <laughs> I have seen literally all of your movies. I have grown up with you. Let's do a selfie. Uh, <laughs> a packet of Argos? Here you go. Why are you here? Well, it's a long story. I worked here as a teenager. I finally got to work the window, and I thought instead of just saying, can I take your order in my regular voice, I just do a clown voice. And they didn't like it? They didn't like it at all. All these years later, they called me up and said, you want to come back? Second chance for sure. I'm taking it. Shut up. And now I'm back, baby. Yeah, Mark Hamill and second chances. There I was. Strung up in a harness, and they break for lunch. All right, all right. But you don't have to talk to everybody for so long. Duly noted. All right, thanks, Mark Campbell. Oh, my God. Come again. <laughs> have a nice day. So. You forgot your napkins. Oh, well. She'll be back. Well, that was a twice-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So you're coming back tomorrow? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, so anyway, enough of that. <laughs> and here's the backstory, if we can find the clickety-click. Uh, he was he he mentioned on uh, he mentioned on James Corden, the late late show, that uh, he'd been fired from Jack in the Box, and so the chain hired him back, and uh, he did this weird clown voice, and that's what got him fired, and so his motivation was to not get fired again, and that you know is always my motivation with every client. <laughs> And then, but now he quit. They said, so you're coming back tomorrow? He says, no, I'm good. Okay. So anyway, uh, there's also a comic book version. And um, they brought back spicy chicken and French toast sticks. And there's another commercial where he sits with the -the jack-in-the-box character, you know, with the bubble on his head, who seems to be, he seems to be channeling Darth Vader or something. And he asked Mark to move the French fries and then move the other things and calls attention to the spicy chicken strips and the french toast sticks which they brought back from the from the 70s or 60s or whenever mark worked there and uh and in one and at the very end there's an outtake where where a puff of wind moves the box and uh you know because they're asking him to move him with his mind and he says i'm i can't move things with my mind i'm just an actor and then all of a sudden the lid of the box moves and it was fun i thought it was funny anyway so let's get to something serious here. Uh, how direct response digital marketing supercharges your marketing campaign? And Craig um, talks about, you know, the most, the most um, direct response is the heart and soul of modern digital marketing, and and that's true. And the the, the disappointing part is uh, I went around Namoa a few years ago because I wanted to do a talk on testing. 
and um, I asked people what the definition of direct marketing was, and they said generating a measurable response. And um, this idea of response is a really good one and a foundation of any kind of tracking. If you don't generate a response, if you just, I mean, it's not that you can't track without it. I mean, you can later ask people, do you remember our ad? And some will, you know, um, but it's, you know, it's not as solid as somebody clicking or as someone buying, right? Buying is, ra is rather much better. And so direct response is good. But if you don't set it up right, if all you do is you, you know, you, you test your new Mark Hamill ad and you see if sales go up it, at, at uh, Jack in the Box, that doesn't really, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it was because of the Mark Hamill ad. I mean, you've been doing nothing. Now you did something. Sales went up. There's a correlation there. But is it causal? You don't know, right? Whereas if you did, let's say, if you did it in a, in a digital ad and you had a way of segregating, you know, one side of town around one jack-in-the-box versus another side of town with another jack-in-the-box, and you can do that sort of thing on Facebook, um, then you have a little better setup. If you had mail, you'd have a much better setup, right? So anyway, direct response is marketing with the easiest to understand return on investment. The goal of direct response is to generate a response directly and accountably. That's the wrong word. Accountably. Anyway. Uh, okay, so... He, uh, you know, you get an immediate and measurable return on investment if you track the sales and margin, especially. Return on investment usually means going all the way to um, taking out an order processing cost, taking out a marketing cost, and taking out a cost of goods uh, and maybe an overhead in addition. But most people only look at return on ad spend, which is not anywhere close to what. In other words, if you spend a million dollars in a market and you're jacking uh, for that jack-in-the-box ad and your sales went up a million dollars um, a lot of marketing people think that's a break-even but of course you're still paying for the chicken strips and you're still paying for somebody not Mark Campbell but for you know for your staff to be there and you're paying heat and air conditioning and things for your store to be there and property taxes and whatever else you know all the overhead that goes into running uh, a, a a restaurant, a, a quick service restaurant. Okay, so what are ways to do that? Well, email is one, and uh, digital ads are another. And um, the point is, is that you should try something, and you can call Craig Huey if you want. I mean, the best one is is direct mail, and and Craig talks all the time about direct mail, so that's probably why he didn't say that. But it's it's a good thing. But I want to get to Patrick Carroll because this is really a great article, if you ask me. Okay, so direct mail retargeting is a cost-effective and impactful way to reach your past, current, and prospective customer base. I'm not sure I'd put perspective in with customers, but that's okay. It's just a, I understand what he's saying. Mail is more influential on purchasing decisions than most digital marketing. True. You can use direct mail retargeting to engage with customers who visited your website, browsed a landing page, downloaded 
some content, abandon a shopping cart. That's one of the best ones because you know what they were looking at, although they might have found it somewhere else. I mean, they have a reason for leaving it in the shopping cart. But maybe they just, like me, got distracted somehow as a marketing guy. Oh, anyway, and abandoned it by accident. Uh, subscribed or unsubscribed, only shopped once, shop every day, haven't shopped in a while, big order, no order for a while, list goes on. Okay, the challenge is getting the right message to the right person at the right time. Mistake number one, not leveraging automation. So uh, you can send a piece of retargeted direct mail coordinated just as easily as digital channels. Uh, you can have a new entry status, uh, and or you and you can autom in an automated way send a piece of mail in minutes rather than weeks with no volume restrictions. And this is something that that uh, Steve Falk specializes in. He's a DMA member, and he um, he's up in Canada, but he does mail for people in the U.S. And he has an interface directly with Salesforce.com that can so your salespeople or or other staff can have a conversation with somebody and they think we should mail them or they don't have to think maybe you just automatically do this uh, and bing off they go that sort of thing so apparently uh, SQL which is Patrick where Patrick works has something called spark SQL spark I guess it's just spark I was thinking spark Q but maybe it's spark you spelled funny and um, if you're dyslexic you that throws you off but anyway so they must have a product like that there's other products I'm talking with Brian Dillette later today uh, and he was where I first heard of it the love sack went from a catalog which is beautiful and very effective to a retargeting with mail because they were already they were already had a, uh, a you know a fairly robust TV campaign to drive traffic to their stores they already had a beautiful website. They already had digital marketing. But uh, they were missing this one piece, which was when somebody came to their website, let's invite them to the store. And they actually took a page from uh, the Sleep Number people who did a speech at a conference. And I talked about that yesterday, actually. <laughs> but they did a, they did a, uh, they, they'd heard that Sleep Number was doing, uh, doing some mail and, that it was w working really well to invite people to the stores and Brian wasn't too far from their headquarters and so they decided to try it and it turned out to be extremely effective uh, in 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 getting people over the little bump to come in and see the furniture uh, because in spite of what they thought which was that digital would do all the work and that sales you know anybody from the whole country could buy from their from their digital site but um, they, but what actually was the case when we did a mapping was that a, a huge percentage, you know, I don't remember what it was, 80, 90, whatever, some big percentage was within a couple of miles of their store. And so people did want to bounce on the furniture or have their kids bounce on the furniture and, um, and therefore leveraging the stores was really important, which isn't actually in this article, which is another thing Patrick could have included, but the idea is, is that you can have your, your prospects, the data on your prospects is extremely limited, and most of it isn't very, it isn't very, um, it doesn't have much much causal impact when you actually model, prospect models work so-so, eh, that's at best, okay, and I've done millions of pieces in the mail, and I can tell you, it, it's, it, it's better than nothing. 
uh, a lot of times if you've got a list that you really, really think ought to work but never has, you know, you can you can find the worst third of the list or the worst half of the list and drop that out and it will boost boost the results. You know, you don't want to you don't want to just trust the model, I wouldn't say. You want to find lists that mm, sort of work. There's all there's always a an abundance of of list segments that sort of work. Don't quite get to break even, maybe don't get to your target uh ROI, but they do which is really loss. <laughs> acceptable loss for prospecting but 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 you know far from look-alike models this is like the we don't want to ever look like these <clears throat> and that and that does actually sometimes work but anyway so retargeting with mail is can be based on customer actions okay and i had an incredibly enlightening conversation with keith lawson at market builder yesterday uh, where he told me about how they're doing an interface with a CRM tool where not only are they targeting with mail, but they're also alerting the CRM system to, uh, to people's changes to give them a call. And they have a, a high number with a number of their clients. The clients have a high number of volunteers that are, you know, <laughs> They're difficult to manage, and this gives a way to utilize direct to, to utilize retargeting with phone and integrate the automation of retargeting with mail into a uh, into a CRM mechanism. Extremely effective for their clients. It's something I'd never heard of before, and act, uh, a great idea. Um, but anyway, you can you can you know they said well if a customer you know hadn't been hadn't been uh, sending in it much, and then they sent in a lot, uh, you know, you can just call and thank them. Uh, time to market. You really want to get to there fast. Grant Johnson told me that he had done work with a cataloger where they were going to send a catalog, um, but they wanted to accumulate enough uh, names in the retargeting to get good postal discounts or something. And he said, so some of those people had, had visited the, sti the site like six weeks earlier before they finally got a catalog. And he said that just didn't work. I mean, there wasn't measurably, it was there wasn't a measurable bump. Uh, so you do have to get there sooner. And uh, for that reason, you might want to consider. You should have your your goal should be to have something in the mail in their consumer's hands within a week. Okay. So first class mail will usually get there sooner. Although I got a little late charge from my master or my visa bill. Uh, I put it in the mail on the 12th, and it got there on the 24th, 12 days, first class, and it's only going to Chicago. I don't know what happened with that. So even first class, it's you know they the USPS has promised to slow the mail down, but mm, you're still going to get there faster than trying to you know do standard mail. And, and also the fact of bulking it up, I mean, having to have enough pieces, I think the minimum is 200 or something uh, before you can even qualify for standard mail. Another thing that Patrick says is postcards get a, get a uh, reduced first class rate. And um, also, you know, you can even for card abandonment, you can even put a, a product picture maybe not the exact product. You know, if you want to get down to the SKU, it's really... It's really tedious. <laughs> you could put it in there, but, you know, you don't necessarily want, like, you know, the shirt they left in there, maybe, uh, by picture. But you could put a picture of a Hawaiian shirt 
like this beautiful one today. It's raining a lot. It's very, very humid. So I wore my Hawaiian shirt. Um, and lastly, not using direct mail. And this is a good point. With the iOS updates, cookies supposedly going away, third-party cookies, not first. Um, direct mail is a way to fight back. Okay, And I can tell you with authority, because we had the results, that when Lovesack started doing the retargeting, their sales... Their sales jumped some 50% in a year, and they'd been in business 20 years. I mean, it was just, it was just like the, the whole thing that Brian put together was just uh, an explosion, and they went public. And so um, it stuff really works. So you, here's Patrick, uh, who should be in the WDMA. I'm going to have to call him up. <laughs> but anyway, he knows his stuff, and I like his articles. Uh, retargeting is great. Remember, share. Forget the likes. Just share. You can like too. Like, share, comment, all that. But especially the share because your network is powerful. They like seeing inform informative stuff and your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.